have to tell you that I was taught in school to make sure and have a hook and get people's attention and uh, have some good anecdotes and have three concise points that, that rhyme or have some kind of alliteration and then have an invitation. And I'm telling you, I can't preach. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you what I believe that uh, what this text means. So as in that humble way, I'm going to mm-hmm. try to preach Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to forget a lot of stuff I learned in the past. And I want to read to you in Titus chapter 1, verse 1 2. Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. I'd like to talk to you about eternal life, the hope of eternal life, mm-hmm. and hope that you're living in hope of eternal life. Yes, amen. Now, when you think about uh, a certain topic, there's questions that come to mind. You know, if you're a newspaper person, you know, who, what, when, where, why, what all these things. And uh, uh-huh. So reading this text about the hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began? Yeah. Well, so, questions. Who gave this promise? Yeah. To whom was the promise spoken? Mm-hmm. What is the nature of this promise? I mean, if this is a, a promise that God made before the world began, well, when was the promise made? When will the promise be carried out? And why would God make such a promise? And how is it possible that God could carry out such a promise? And maybe the most important question for us is, how do I obtain this promise? Now, I hope to leave no... Uh, if it was up to me, I'd probably leave a bunch of questions behind. But I'm hoping that the scriptures and the illumination of uh, God on this will answer these questions and leave you with no questions, but with the hope of eternal life. Amen. And it says that this was a promise before the world began. So scientists can tell you... Uh, all kinds of fabulous tales about how 15 or 20 billion years ago that everything came into being just with a big bang. And so most scientists will go back to a point maybe a millisecond after everything happened. And they'll tell you all these fabulous tales of how it all just evolved. But there's no scientist in the world that can tell you what happened before. Now, I'll tell you, the world is much younger than these scientists imagine, yeah. and it's written in here, in God's Word, what happened. So, I mean, yeah. science, falsely so-called, mm-hmm. will try to tell you all these vain things about, they claim it's science, but let me tell you, they don't know what happened before the world began. Now, the Scripture tells us what happened before the world began. Amen. Now, God had no beginning. He, he has no end. Yeah. He, he dwells in eternity. Now, before the world began, there was God, the Godhead, having fellowship amongst themselves. In John chapter 17, Jesus talks about how he had glory with the Father before the world yeah. began. Yeah, that's right. So there was the Godhead. There was the glory of God. 
There was a fellowship that God had. And there was a promise that was made before the world began, before any of this stuff. And I, I believe that the reason the world was created was so that this promise could be carried out. That's the purpose for this world. And I want to examine some things about this promise that was made. Now, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 11, it talks about God's eternal purpose. And it actually talks about the purpose of the creation. Go back to Ephesians 3, verse 9. To make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heaven, heaven in heavenly places, might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is the eternal promise. That God's purpose has not changed. He did not have a plan B when He created the world and, oh, I forgot to plan what happens when sin enters the world. So now I have to scramble and get some resources together and have a bunch of meetings and, okay, this is what we'll do. No, that's not. God had an eternal purpose. Amen. This is the promise of eternal life. That's God's eternal purpose. Yeah. In... Uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 25. This is the promise that He has promised us, even eternal life. Yes. There's confirmation of this, that this promise involves eternal life. Now, if there is... A, if someone promised something... They have to be able to carry it out. That's right. And if a person would say, oh, I'm going to give you eternal life, they're not able to carry it out because they're not eternal. Mm -hmm. And they wouldn't have the ability to carry it out. But God is the one that made the promise, and He's the one that has the ability to carry it out. Yes. Amen. The, uh, I would put to you that this promise that was made here it was called an eternal covenant. And this covenant, this promise that was made, now we, th we think we are promised eternal life, which I believe we are. The scriptures tell us we are promised eternal life. But who was this promise made to before the world began? In 1 John 5, 7, it describes what's going on behind the scenes yes, that we can't yes. see. Yes. It says there are three that bear record in heaven, yes. yeah. the Father, yes. the Word, and the Holy Ghost, yeah. and these three are one. So this promise that was made, there wasn't anybody else that was made that was around to hear this promise. This was a promise amongst the Godhead. That's right. That's right. The Father and the Word and the Holy Ghost, together, this is what the promise was. They promised eternal life. Now, who they... I believe... Now, this promise was that the Word would become flesh yes. and dwell among, dwell among men, live a sinless life in complete obedience to the Father, keeping every commandment of the law in every respect, and yet suffer. The, he would give up all his riches mm -hmm. that he rightfully had. His, yeah. 
his glory and have people abuse and scorn him and not believe him and then be put to death when he was innocent and then have all the sins of all the world put on him and then he'd be killed and lay dead in a tomb for three days. But then God would raise him up, and everyone who believed on him would have eternal life. Because he was raised from the dead, we know that we can be raised from the dead. That is, I believe, the nature of this promise. Now we see the working out of it in the Scripture. There's not a Scripture, I say, that, that has, here's the, here's the promise, and here's all the conditions, here's what has to happen. But this is the covenant that we're living under. This promise that was made amongst the Godhead, before the world began. This is the promise of eternal life. That in John, Jesus said, whoever, that the Father had given him, whoever to have eternal life. Uh, I need to look at my notes again. But uh, the only one who can make such a promise as this would have to be, uh, to make an eternal promise would have to be eternal God. Amen. Had to be one who could not lie. I mean, how many people have made promises and can't keep them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be a promise that could not be broken. Mm-hmm. Well, God's the only one that could do that. Mm-hmm. It talks about the, having the hope of eternal life. Now, hope, we, we think of, well, I hope it won't rain today so we can go to the park and have a picnic. I hope the Dodgers win this World Series or whatever. I hope that uh, my boss is nice to me today. I hope. But that's not how the Bible uses hope. Amen. Hope is not just wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. Hope is not just a desire for something to happen. Right. We find that the, when the Bible uses the word hope, mm-hmm. it's not just a desire. Mm-hmm. It has substance behind it. Amen. The Bible uses, when it talks of hope, it's something that is true something you can lay hold of, mm-hmm. something you can put your confidence in. If you hope, we have the hope of salvation. It's something I can trust. Amen. It is a reality. Mm-hmm. You don't have, you don't, in the Bible, you don't hope for something that's not going to happen. You, it's something that is a reality. Yeah. It's a good thing that God has promised to you. It is solid mm-hmm. and firm. It ha- is, it's not wispy. You know, try to grab a hold of some morning when it's foggy, you go out and grab a handful of fog and see how well you do with that. Mm-hmm. There's things that you can't lay hold on, but you can lay hold on eternal life. Yeah. Amen. And the hope we have is because it is real. God has promised it. The hope of eternal life has the backing of the promise of God. When people make a covenant, usually someone makes, two people make a covenant, two parties, and they agree to do things back and forth, and it can be broken. But this is a covenant that can't be broken. If it involved me keeping my end of the bargain, well, um, you're going to have to find somebody else to carry out my end of the bargain Mm because I'm likely not going to be able to do it. In fact, in this case, there's no way I'd be able to do it. I can't earn eternal life. Mm -hmm. In uh, Hebrews 10.34, it says, We have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Amen. We have a hope of heaven. Yes. We hope, have a hope of eternal life because it is a reality. I'll turn you to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Paul tells 
Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. It says you're called to eternal life. And you lay hold of it. You can't lay hold of the wind or uh, some dream. You lay hold on reality, something that has substance, it's solid. And verse 19 talks about people who are willing givers. It says they're laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come. And we're not hoping when, when the recession hits or when the, the stock market tumbles or the government collapses. That's not the time we're talking about. We're talking about we're laying up a good foundation against the time to come. Yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah. There's a time to come yeah. when this entire world system will be yeah. gone away. Amen. And then you're standing naked and bare before the God of the, all the world and he's judging you. Yes. That's the time to come. Mm-hmm. Yes. It says lay up in store a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Amen. What we do now has a direct bearing on eternal life. Amen. And what we do in the time to come when we are preparing for the time to come. We're not laying up we're not preppers. Yeah. Laying up food and water and medicines and stuff and hiding out in a bunker. There's going to be a time when those people are going to be wishing the rocks would fall on them. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the time to come yeah. when this world is gone yeah. and we have to deal with God without all this other stuff going on and you have to answer questions. Mm-hmm. What did you do with your life? What did you do with Jesus? Mm-hmm. That's the time to come. Now hope is... When you have a promise made to you, you expect something. Like, I'm, I'll be at your house at, uh, on Wednesday at 3.30. Well, you kind of expect that'll happen. Mm-hmm. Now, a person might call and say, well, I'm sorry, something will come up, I can't be there. But God's not going to call and say, well, I promise this eternal life, but it's, I have an excuse, uh, you know, I can't do that. Right. God's not going to do that. Amen. When you hope in something, there's a, the Bible has a few limited things that you put hope in. You don't put hope in this world. Right. You put hope in God. Yes. Amen. You have hope in the Lord's mercy. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. Do you hope in his mercy? Amen. Do you hope in God? Do you hope in his word? Psalm 119, verse 114. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. God's word has substance. You can trust it. Psalm 130, verse 7. Let Israel hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. Lamentation 3, verse 24. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. He is the one that we put our hope in. Now, this promise of eternal life was made between the Father and the Word. Yes. So when we put our faith in the Lord Jesus, when we hope in Him, we have the hope of eternal life. Mm -hmm. If you don't have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, then there is no hope. Mm -hmm. Colossians 1.23 reminds us not to be moved away from the hope of of the gospel. Amen. That's a hope that is solid and secure. Amen. 
if hope is something that is wispy and meaningless, why would we use as a weapon a helmet the hope of salvation? First Thessalonians 5, 8. If it wasn't real, you couldn't use it as a helmet for your head. Salvation is real, and the hope we have is solid because our faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Eternal life could only be promised by an eternal God. He's always present. He sees everything that happens from any perspective. And that would be, you could do a whole series on just those thoughts. He is the I am. He's always present. And he can't lie. If you were to say, well, uh, David, that cannot lie. Ha! That is not true. But when you say God, that cannot lie, now there is a true statement. He is the truth. There is no falsehood in him. No, nothing that is not true. He can't lie. Numbers 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the Son of Man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? God's given this promise of eternal life, and he's going to make sure it happens. I want to talk about God's promises. God has made a lot of promises. Can you, I'll give you all the time you need. Name one promise that he's made that hasn't happened. God always keeps his promise. Yes. You remember, he promised that the world wouldn't be destroyed anymore with a flood. Yeah. And he gave a token, the sign of a rainbow. He made that promise to Noah. Well, we've had floods, but they've been local floods, not a flood over the entire world. He's kept his promise. Mm -hmm. He promised Abraham and Sarah they would have a son. And they did. He made a promise that Abraham would be heir of the world. Mm -hmm. Now, we haven't seen all that happen yet, but I believe that's a promise that God's going to keep. He made a promise to raise up a seed to David. He did. The Lord Jesus Christ raised up a seed to David. That's in Acts chapter 13, I believe. He made a promise uh, to David, Psalm 16, that when the Messiah was killed and laid in the tomb, that his body would not see corruption. God kept his promise and raised him from the dead without seeing corruption. There was a time when Jesus was in a boat with his disciples and there was a storm and he said, we're going across to the other side. And there was a terrific storm and the disciples didn't believe. But they made it across and, go, and there was a promise that was kept. What about the promise of the Holy Spirit? One of the last things Jesus said before, while he was on this earth is Luke 24, 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. That promise was kept. On the day of Pentecost, Peter preached. He he said that, uh, speaking of Jesus Christ, who was crucified, dead, and buried, and resurrected from the dead, Acts 2.33, Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted... And having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which you now see in here. The promise of the Holy Spirit was given. Jesus said he couldn't send the Holy Spirit till he had himself gone away. 
He did send the Holy Spirit. Amen. Think of the promises that God has made to you that you have. Can you think of a promise God's made to you? If you believe in Him, He's your sacrifice. You get forgiveness of sins. That's a promise. I have the confirmation of that. I have a clean conscience. I have the Holy Spirit. Those are promises that God has made. So if we have eternal life that God has promised, that's in the future, but I have it. Mm -hmm. I can lay hold on that because God's made a promise. Amen. I'm counting on God to keep that promise. Yeah, amen. Amen. It's a, by the way, that's present tense eternal life. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have eternal life. Amen. It's, I mean, it is future that we, we'll see the carrying out of that, but it is something you can have now. Yes. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. This eternal life, it is a condition that exists right now. I see that if you believe in me, you will never die. Yes. My body's going to die. And I do believe if tarries, if the Lord tarries long enough, I'll die and be buried. Mm-hmm. But I believe he's going to resurrect me. Yes. The prophet Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives. And on the last day he'll stand upon the earth and I will see him with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. Not someone else's eyes. Because yeah. Yeah. even if worms eat my body right. and my reins are consumed within me, I will see him. Amen. That's right. So we have the hope of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And David talked about how... He would awake with his likeness. Now, we're, when the Lord comes back, we're going to be like him. That's right. We are changing, being changed. And I'll point to you that this eternal life that God has promised mm-hmm. can't be carried out to a mortal body that's corrupt. Mm-hmm. This body is not compatible mm-hmm. with the life to come. Yeah. Yeah. The life that we now have uh-huh. in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. In order for that to happen, mm-hmm. there is a change that has to be happening. Right. Amen. And if you're in Christ, He's changing you right now. Amen. The transformation is ongoing yes. right now as we speak. Mm-hmm. There's a time if the Lord should come back today and He comes through the clouds and He calls us up, we'll be changed in an instant. Amen. Yes. That's in 1 Thessalonians 4. I urge you to read that passage. It's incredible. So whether we die and are buried and resurrected, right. or we don't die and we go up to be with them, yeah. we're going to be changed. Amen. Amen. Then we'll be compatible with the life that is to come. Amen. I have a lot more to say, and I think I better... Ha- I didn't intend to, but I better have a part two. But I would like to read some scriptures from First John. Yeah. Because this promise of eternal life mm-hmm. that was between the Godhead... Yeah the Father, and the Word. Mm-hmm. The Word carried out all the conditions. The Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. He carried out all those conditions, lived a sinless life, That's right. was obedient to the Father. Mm-hmm. He carried out the conditions. The promise was actually made to Christ. Yeah. Amen. The promise was made between the Father and the Word. 
we are recipients of it, recipients of it if we are in Christ. That's right. He's the one that carried out the conditions of this. And I would read to you from 1 John chapter 5, verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life. Amen. And that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Yes. God has invested everything in His Son. Yes. And eternal life, He has it. Apart from Him, there is no eternal life. That's right. And I suppose I have more to say at a different time, but the option is eternal life. Or eternal condemnation and eternal torment. That's right. Apart from the presence of God. So uh, I urge you all to put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He's the one that has eternal life, and He's the one that gives it to whoever He will. Amen. He carried out the conditions, and so this eternal promise Uh that God has made before the world began, He is going to carry out because He's carried out every other promise He's ever done. That's right. And I firmly believe in this, and I encourage you to. Amen. Keep in the faith and lay hold on eternal life. Amen. 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 Amen.